I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program. Welcome, everyone, to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Graham Tallman, and I'm here to keep you informed about all that's happening in virtual reality. We record our episodes live in Altspace every week, and you can join us from your PC or VR headset. Just log into Altspace, join our Simulation Nation channel, and teleport in to offer your opinion, question, or whatever else. Long before Ready Player One, there was a book about an intergalactic game of chance and luck called The Player of Game by Ian Banks. Is that Ian or Ian? I don't know. Maybe, hopefully you know the answer to that. Uh, This was pup... Ian, great. Okay. Uh, Published in 1988. It was the second culture novel, which is a vast AI interface that plugged people into a better reality. Or does it? Uh, Here to give a spoiler-filled review. Yes, that's right. You heard us. This book was written in 1988. So if you haven't read it yet, that's your problem. (laughs) We are going to spoil it here. Uh, So this is Castle of the Wise member extraordinaire, Matt Sinclair. Let's give it up. Give it up for Matt. We've got we've got Tori Tori. We got hey. Tori Tori who's waiting. Matt got lost in the metaverse on his way here. Tori Tori kept me company. Yeah, it was difficult to get in. <laughs> yeah. Um Thanks I guess, for having me. You know, all space they keep changing the rules, right? They just keep they keep every they they update every week, which is a positive thing because it means that they do yeah. a good updates and that but every time if you haven't logged sure. in for a while, it's sort of like a rigmarole to like get stuff in order and all of that. So Yeah. Um Yeah. But Actually, it wasn't alt space in this case that I want to complain about, and I won't go into any great detail. But it was actually the Oculus interface, so they're the ones to blame for my tardiness at this point. Got it? Because um, you used because you used the link. Let's not waste our breath on that. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> right. was a restructuring their menus. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, Oculus, get your get your act together. I guess you're on you're yeah, on please, you're on the quest please. too, right? You're the you're the leaders. Just right. figure it out. But um, anyway. Right. Uh, Anyway, here I am, though. So, yeah, player games. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I'm glad uh, you're back. I'm glad uh, you uh, you I think you mentioned this. You were like, hey, I'm uh, a player games. What a good book. We should review it. And I was like, totally. I love that book. Um, And so here we are and we get to talk about a book from the 80s. How cool is that? Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, I know. It's weird to think that it was written in the 80s. I guess some aspects of it feel like they're from the 80s. But at the same time, it also seems very prescient. I mean, obviously. But yeah. Yeah, no, totally. So I guess we could just, yeah, dive into like, what what are your overall overarching thoughts? And then we'll like, you know, burrow down into some more specific details. Well, I thought it was great. I actually just finished it this morning. Oh, um, nice. And uh, I very much enjoyed it. Not perhaps all the way through. Mm-hmm. I would say that from the perspective of like, a, like it's a really strong novel of character, but um but from a theme world ideas perspective, so much there. And even from a storytelling mechanic standpoint, so much there. Loved it. You know, looking forward to diving into it. And uh, yeah, it was great. What about you? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's so true. You know, we've read uh, uh, and reviewed a few uh, novels on here. You uh, were here for Neuromancer. And it's like so often the character is just so unimportant. <laughs> for, they're always yeah, these sci-fi. They're always about the big ideas and the big world building and all of that and and the themes and the and the point. But so rarely are they about interesting characters that are climbing through that world i will have to at some point at some point we'll find a book that is like focused on character maybe like ender's game or, or like yeah more balanced perhaps yeah right? ender's game is very yeah i would yeah definitely Char- character but, uh, character oriented. anyway 
Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I agree. There's not much to do with character here. Uh, And I I think the world is is incredibly cool. This is, I've read two culture novels. The first one, Consider Phlebas, and this one. So we'll have to talk about the culture before we get into all the details of everything, because that really is the legacy of this book is what is the culture and how is this world constructed, this whole universe that um, Ian Banks has has done. Um, So I do, I love the idea of the culture. I love that he sort of thinks about what are the aspects of this world that will change? What is, what about human psychology? there. Did you lose me? Yeah. Sorry. You could keep going. You just blipped out there, but you're back. Yeah. What, what about human psychology um, changes if, you live in the culture. I guess we should just talk about what the culture is because otherwise this whole talk won't make sure. any sense. So, um, yeah. the, so the culture is a uh, post-scarcity civilization, right? So it's a galactic civilization and basically you can achieve anything you want uh, or you can have anything you want at your fingertips. So there's no money. You ha- you're never of want of anything. Uh, and there's no laws, right? Like if you really badly break a law they may ostracize you or they might um give you some kind of um restrictions on what you can do but generally speaking you're totally free it's like a libertarian kind of society every man is for themselves but the one rule is you have to plug yourself into this culture which is sort of i think it's basically ai right so there's like super being ai Mm -hmm. all the way down to little drone ais that like cook your food and Mm -hmm. the super being ais are really the ones that have found a way to engineer the perfect humans so they can give you uh perfect health they can make you live forever they can they they implant these glands into your brain they can secrete happiness or fear or lack of pain or uh, all of that kind of they they can change your sex and everyone in the culture kind of changes their sex from male to female throughout their life and that's normal um and so it's sort of a lot of the ideas are based about like, okay, if you live in a post-scarce society where uh, everything is at your fingertips, what does that do for human psychology? I think that's one of the biggest aspects of these books, would you say? Yeah, totally. I think that's like the big overarching idea. And this is the only book I've read from the series. So I have very limited exposure to, but that when I read that, I was like, wow, that a lot of thought has gone into that. Right. There's a lot of love in that. And you know, a lot of other stuff just sort of sits on top, but it's like, that is, you know, that's a big idea there. And it's so thought out, like visually, like the sense of space, like where the character lives, like the way the society's organized, like it's really a pretty magnificent piece of world building. You know, um, I didn't, re- I'd heard of it, but I, I, you know, it's cool to actually have read a book now and be like, whoa, that is exactly what people said it was. It's amazing. Yeah. I think the way I got introduced to it originally was Elon Musk, who was like, he, he oh, it yeah, was yeah, like yeah. his favorite series of books when he was a kid. He loved the idea of the culture. I think his second favorite was Foundation, which is now a TV series on Apple TV. I think it's coming out soon um, The based on yeah, the, yeah. the Asimov novels. But this is like, I think this was his sort of fan favorite stuff. And so I think the idea mm-hmm. of a civilization that is growing and, and and moving beyond a single earth and becoming this sort of post-scare civilization. And he was sort of aiming at that becoming like trying to Mm -hmm. make that become a reality. So that's how I kind of got introduced Mm -hmm. to it originally. I only read the first two. I haven't read the after this because I hear that they get really complex and like convoluted and crazy. And this one, I love that it's streamlined Mm -hmm. and simple. And the main character has a singular goal and a singular mission. And then he either succeeds or doesn't succeed at that. And so you, it's kind of a lynch. It's straightforward. 
yeah straightforward so then you can explore the ideas of the culture but at least you have an anchor in a story that you can follow yeah. whereas i think the other ones get a little totally. less anchored um yeah 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 but um but yeah so so um i mean i i think that's basically the setup of the world. And then um, mm-hmm. I guess we should just dive into the specific plot then of this story. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, and how they tap into the, the um, uh, tap into the culture, because um, I could say, you know, if it, you don't have to read the first book, consider Phlebas to get this one. Um, all consider Phlebas mm-hmm. is, is they crash land on this planet. They're searching for a mine. So every super ship in oh, space cool. has like, a AI intelligence at the center of it. And those are very valuable. And mm-hmm. so they go to this planet to try to find that. And then you learn about the culture a little bit. Mm-hmm. It has zero connection mm. uh, uh, beyond that to this book. So this is a very much a standalone Got story. It. Cool. Uh, yeah. Did you want to, did you want to uh, just sort of give the overview of the plot or do you, <laughs> how do you, what do you think? Or you well, want me to do it? Okay. First, let me just quickly check because I know you use it. I just want to make sure that my uh, phone is recording all this. Yeah, it seems to be doing good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like, I mean, I haven't thought about how to synopsize this, but I guess I'll just say like, so it's like about this guy. Is his name Gergi? Is that his name? Gergi. Is that yeah. how you say it? Yeah. Gergi. Okay. So Gergi, who's like this kind of a bourgeois intellectual. Is kind of how I thought of him, that right. he's like an expert in games. And so he knows all the games and all the planets and he's really good at them. And he's sort of like the sort of sum total of his existence is like, um, you know, playing games, writing about games, eating people at games and like kind of like romantic dalliances with like <laughs> these women that he encounters. Humanoids. That sort of seems to be like his thing. And he's bored. And um, he... Is this, is this going good so far? Absolutely. Is this a good setup? Okay, good. So here's this guy. He's this bored intellectual. He's very good at games. But like, and I think this is sort of encountering one of the potential problems of a civilization such as the one that he depicts, which is where people uh, have wants, but they have no needs. And so what is the basis of their, or I mean, they do have needs. They have, you know, psychological, emotional needs, but ennui sets in you know Mm -hmm. as it does in those sorts of situations and so he's suffering from that and there's this uh part of the culture which is sort of like a almost it feels almost like kind of like the kind of like the 007 kind of like mi6 kind Mm -hmm. of side of it which is called contact which is and this part which is very much run by these super intelligences so not even human not even like robot but like these overminds that's about the way that uh culture interacts with other civilizations because even though you've got the culture which is like you know thousands of worlds you've also got these other empires and you know other peoples and Mm -hmm. races and all sort of stuff that are out there that are not part of the culture and so contact deals with that um anyway so he's like one day he's like well i'm bored maybe they've got something for me in contact that i could be part of that it's like a mission for me Mm -hmm. and um and lo and behold it turns out that they do and it's cool. Maybe I'll hand it over to you in a second because, sure. you know, I've been on the mic for a while. But yeah, so that's so. Yeah. So he wants a mission. And then <laughs> and then what happens is, well, uh, he he basically um, he, he basically. Uh, <laughs> well, let, let me just I, I, I one part of me wants to burrow down into oh, act one. Stuff? Sorry. One, one part wants to me to burrow down into act one. I'm going to hold on to that thought and I'm going to sure. give the big overview. So then he basically is sent oh. on this mission to go to this empire that's not a part of the culture. And there's this game that their civilization rests on. It resides on this like gigantic sort of 
competitive game. And so he they're going to train him along the way to play this game and mm-hmm. maybe show the Empire, sort of be an ambassador for the culture and kind of show the Empire what the culture is all about. They don't expect him to win, but they send him off anyway. He gets to this world and they play this game and he turns out he's pretty badass at it and he rises all the way up the ranks until he plays the emperor and the thing is that whoever wins this game becomes like emperor of the empire like that could happen uh and so basically he um fights the emperor and then um gets sort of there's a a, a twist is revealed which is that he was sent by the culture to overthrow this empire uh by winning this game and so he sort of the empire the emperor doesn't want to give up his power. So the culture just swoops in and just like demolishes the, basically the kingdom and like takes over and is like, uh, you were just our pawn in our bigger game, which was to rule yeah. the galaxy. And you are like worth nothing to us. Like go home basically is, is sort of like the really big overview. Uh, is there anything I missed yeah, there or the, how do you, how do you feel? No, I mean, I think that's generally the whole arc of it. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Like he kind of is, upon so he's a game player so there's lots of so player of games right. it's such a deceptive title it's right. like there are all these game players in the story and he's just as he's as much as he's uh, manipulating the pieces on the this game board of this alien game that he's sent to play he is himself a pawn in the you know the hands of the overminds that are kind of sending him into this situation right. so yeah Layered, very layered. clever. <laughs> exactly. Um, how's it going, Chaz, Doctor, Doctor, whomever? If you guys have uh, anything to say about player games, hop, hop in at any moment. Um, but uh, let Please. me. Yeah, but the the thing I would want to borrow down into my least favorite part, actually, of the story was the setup. I think they totally botched the setup. Like I was like, I oh really? Okay, it, okay. Because I feel like um, I feel like the entire act one was. Um, you know, it would have been very easy to, you know, he gets uh, uh, introduced to this game, but he's got to go off for five years mm-hmm. into space to go to this empire. So he doesn't want to go. But then they kind of like um, it, it, the way it works is they twist his arm by they kind of bribe him. They catch him in a blackmail him. They blackmail him. They catch him in cheating in a game. And then he's forced to go off on this mission. But it's like they never set up the character again. The character is like left not with any care in the world like the world world building is so so specific and detailed Mm -hmm. and the character building is so not because i first of all didn't believe that this character who wins every game would sink so low as to uh cheat when he was already gonna win the game anyway and then they didn't set that up about the character and then i i feel like it's it's like then you're it, it never really comes back into play that much like it would feel more heroic if the character just on his own volition decided to go off on this mission maybe as, as opposed mm-hmm. to being blackmailed and so i just felt like that twist that they were trying to wrestle him into this uh position that he had mm-hmm. to go on this game was like not set mm-hmm. up very well at all um and so I, yeah, I just, that, that part, I was like, wow, I, you know, it felt like he wrote it without that. And then the editor came to him and was like, I don't believe in act one that he would like go off mm. on this mission. We need to. And so he just kind of like mm. Jerry rigged this like thing that he didn't mm-hmm. care too much about. That's what it felt like to me. It just felt like a, a mm-hmm. rewrite of a, a, a previous draft that he didn't really, you know, have much his passion. in. I don't know. I don't know. Did you feel that way at all? Well, I definitely feel like that moment or the beat of him being blackmailed and him him sort of setting himself up to be blackmailed was 
felt a bit thin. Um, and I would say that for me throughout the whole story, like I found him, like, I, I feel like he, the character stuff is more or less kind of covered off. And I think there's like, there were some interesting beats with the character. Like, I wouldn't say it's like totally garbage at all. Like, I think it's, it does its work um, for the most part, though at times, like I'm definitely there reading. I'm like, where is this guy at? How does he feel about these circumstances? Like, I don't know, right. you know, and, and, and sometimes I do know, but I don't really care. And like, that's right. problematic. Um, so there, you know, it's a, definitely a book that kind of leans into the intellectual, perhaps more than like the emotional, but I think, Maybe to kind of flip it, I think what's maybe interesting about that, even though it sort of is a quote unquote storytelling failure or whatever, is that I feel like the main character or the real driving protagonist force of the story is actually not the human. It's the it's the robot. This is companion. And that's obviously the big kind of reveal of the story is that the kind of the robot has been behind the whole thing. And so from that perspective, I think it makes more sense and that it's almost like maybe banks and I'm just totally hypothesizing here is like more concerned with making it work around that than it, than he is mm. around the human mm-hmm. character and our perspective through that, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and I, and I think on a meta level, you could almost argue that like, that's kind of what the whole story is about is about mm-hmm. how ultimately humans don't matter anymore. And that it's yeah. really about these systems, whether they're yeah. the game or whether they're the culture or whatever. And we're just kind of like these almost arbitrary kind of like cogs in this machine. Um, And so in a way, the fact that it kind of turns out like that in the story kind of, in a way kind of makes sense, you know, although that said at the same time, I did kind of feel a bit bummed. I would have liked to have bought in more to to the character. And yeah, long answer to your question. Yes. I really felt that, especially in act one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you though, that there is a little, there's an underlying cynicism to the novel and a pessimism that like, we're going to be out evolved and yeah, we're going to have everything that in 1988 world, our heart ever desired. We're going to be able to feel whatever we want to feel at any moment. We're going to be able to have anything, but at the same time, we're going to be left empty and vacant and just a vessel by which these greater machines can travel through the galaxy and do their bidding on on everybody. And so it's even at the beginning, I think it was interesting when uh, Gergay was like, this isn't a heroic age, kind of like the Mm. individual is obsolete and, um, Mm -hmm. Um, it's comfort it's comfortable for us we're safe but we have no real effect anymore and it's like they kind of laid it out there and then i think it's like well then that's why they're just playing games all the time right like it's it's Mm -hmm. like their lives are so sort of vacuous that they just are stuck playing like super board games and that's how they uh, find value and it's kind of kind of a sadness underneath it all you know like yeah. Everything we could have ever desired, but at the same time, uh, everything that we are striving in humanity is taken from us, is stripped away from us. So it's it's kind of interesting. Totally. And it kind of makes me wonder, and I wonder if it's tackled in the other books, but like, is there a point really to the, does he address mm-hmm. why the humans are even there? Like, because it strikes right. me that, you know, the, the overminds, it's like, is it just that they're just indifferent? It seems like there's a role for them. I don't know. I just find it kind of like, how does that work? Like, why do they... Yeah. Why do they keep humans around, basically? Well, you know, yeah, like and also, from, do, they, do they talk about that in, in Center Plebis? No, they, they really don't. But the, the, you know, the question is, like, why does the culture want to take over this empire? Like, what's in it for them if they've got if it's a post-scarce world? Why did they need to destroy it? And so I think 
it, from an ethical moral point of view, they saw the empire as like these corrupt barbarians who were cruel and evil yeah. and they were going to bring civility to the galaxy. I think that was the sort of idea. Would yeah, you say I'd that that's say so right? too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right. That there's this sort of like very cruel, autocratic, corrupt system. Kind of is in some right. ways like seems to be about our world in a way, you know right. what I mean? And totally. so they're kind of trying to kind of bring change there in a kind of a good way. You know, that's sort of what they're trying to do. Sorry if there's a dog barking in the background, but there is a dog barking in the background. Um, that's right. What's the dog's name? Is that your dog? Is, no, what's the no, dog's it's just name? a dog in the street, but I have very crazy <laughs> just, audio from the street into my apartment. I can hear everything. Um, just a stray dog. Nick, maybe Nicholas Thomas or uh, Silent Void have a have a way. Johnny have a way to get rid of dog noises. I don't know. We can edit that out, I guess. Perhaps. Um, I should... I should get a robo dog in here and just have them bark every so often and cause mischief. I would like that. Yeah, you can get there's like <laughs> you've got bots. There's bots in alt space, right? You can do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh that's absolutely. cool. I've got. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine yeah. like just like kittens um, everywhere or something. That could be a good good style for in here. <laughs> There you go. Exactly. Um, all right. So then once once we got into uh, Act 2, when we get to this world, when we get to the Empire and the Empire, they think they're the height of civility. But of course, the mm -hmm. deeper we go into that world, we discover that there's like sexual depravity and like cheating and back de backdoor dealings are OK and murder plots. And like we start to realize like, oh, yeah, this is kind of like our world where if you allow humans to their own devices and if an empire is considered the greatest that it, a human could achieve without AI, it's mm. pretty brutal. Mm. Right. And it's yeah, like, yeah. it's, it's, Interesting. Uh, yeah. and they even, they even defend themselves by saying, um, you know, you've had, you sort of had all desires stripped from you and because you don't have laws, you can do anything you want, but the fun is to be able to have a law and break it or the fun is, or the thrill is to like do some sexually depraved thing because it's, um, taboo right so they were kind of saying that like if you free yourself entirely then you lose yourself entirely whereas mm -hmm. we find ourselves in basically these animalistic uh dark corners of the soul basically and that's what makes us human uh so i think that that was interesting part of the middle part of the novel mm -hmm. um, yeah i yeah sure and it kind of reminded I, I, me a little bit of like i don't know almost like Oliver's Travels or something like that. There was a kind of like a Jonathan Swift shit. He wrote Gonneth, uh, Oliver's Travels, right? Like kind of this sort of like social satire. Like we're yeah. inside this world and it's full of all these evils and let's kind of like explore them and look at them in kind of like a kind of a somewhat heavy handed way. Like I definitely felt like that was there, but it was interesting and it was interesting how that world of the empire was like very much kind of the counterpoint to the culture in terms of like, you know, the, almost like the her heroic thing that Gergay is missing or feels he's missing at the beginning or mourns is sort of like how the whole, like that's the way they roll in the empire. They're like, it's yeah. all about the pyramid of like, who's the best player of this game. And so he's kind of getting, you know, it's kind of in that sense. Like, I think that Banks is like really like a total, like great classical storyteller. He's like, he understands that there's like, we need this opposition between like the character and the story and all that stuff. So all that stuff totally works, you know, and yeah, totally. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you feel about the fact that we're never actually given the rules of the game? Yeah. 
And so you're you're reading an entire novel about a game yeah. and you don't know, <laughs> I know. how they're playing it. You know, I kept thinking of um, I kept thinking of Queen's Gambit, and I don't. I mean, I'm I'm like super novice chess player. I don't know any of the the set moves and all that. But I was I was just like totally gripped by Queen's Gambit. I thought they did such an incredible do- job dramatizing a game. But again, the reason that I loved it is because it was all about my um, feelings for the character, and they're this underdog who is like you know abused and then they were uh, outcast from their orphanage and you just want this person to succeed so badly that i didn't care so much that i wasn't following all the intricate moves of the game Mm -hmm. but here i don't have the character to fall back on i don't even know the rules of the game and so it's like well then you're just talking about a thematic idea but you're filling a lot of pages of like strategy for a game i don't know i don't know did that bother you or are you okay with that I mean, I would say, yeah, sure. It bugged me a bit. Like, I feel like it's a comp, it's a problem. Um, and that I feel like it resulted in the middle of the book kind of getting very repetitive. Like it's basically just game after game mm-hmm. after game. And he generally seems to win. Like he wins them all. And <laughs> at the same time, like you don't even really know what's going on in the game. And, and I think he does some cool stuff like the way that the game is sort of separated into these sections. And so it has its own kind of like narrative arc. And so you kind of get a bit of a feel for how it develops, but it definitely is kind of, there are points where you feel like what's really at the core of the story is inaccessible to you as the reader. And like, that's kind of like, eh, thanks, you know, why not make the game simpler? Um, like, why couldn't they all just play? Why couldn't they all just play chess? You know what I mean? And in that case, because it doesn't, right. you know, because maybe he wants to have the most amazing game that ever is conceived. It's played on right. like three right. boards and those are even the big boards and there's little boards as well. And there's all these things and there's cards <laughs> and there's pieces like it's just like so extra in terms of like what makes the game up. But I mean, it still sounded cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely felt right. like it kind right. of had some problems there as a result. Well, even at some point, though, it's like what you believe like feeds into the game, right? Yeah. Like it's all about yeah. like your belief system is cool. part of the yeah. like strategies. Yeah, that was cool. The, I mean, basically, they're making society and your role in society a game, right? So yeah. they're kind of comparing <laughs> our world to like this meaningless uh, connection of symbols that we're all just playing through to try to get to something better. But, you know, is there something better, I guess? It's yeah. And I feel like that kind of yeah. goes to like if you want to like. <laughs> go right to the jugular of like how the book reflects upon the world we're in now. Like, I feel like that's er, just not even now, but just like human society. Like, I think that's kind of like where we, not that we necessarily want to go there quite yet, but like definitely like that's kind of what it, it seems to be talking about. And it's an interesting, yeah. And it's, it definitely makes you think, you know? Yeah. Well, we could go there now. We might as, might as well. I mean, um, yeah. So you, you, yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's, that's really the, the crux of it, right? Is, yeah. Oh, I guess from a story <sighs> perspective, maybe if we wanted to hit up the plot before we kind of move on to theme, um, like, uh, I just wanted to talk about the very ending because it seems to me, and this is sort of the big, big spoiler, is that he, he's killed by contact at the end. Like, that's what I got out of it, right? Like, it's pretty explicit. And, um, I feel like, and it kind of almost, it's, I don't know much about Elon Musk, but I find it to, for that to be an, mm-hmm. a, an aspect of like his favorite book series, I find kind of interesting. Cause there's almost this kind of, there's a hidden coldness to that system and it, it, it will just kill you, mm. you know? Um, 
Like, and right. I don't even know why did they kill him? Because I mean, what did you think of this? Did they kill him because he knew too much? Cause he'd seen too much of the inner workings of contact. Like what was your thought on that? Yeah, I feel like they they were like, well, he was a pawn in our game and mm-hmm. he's the only one who knows about this plot. And the culture is supposed to be the most civilized uh, of all of them. And yet we are invading and terrorizing people and taking them over. So we don't want others to know this dark secret of ours, yeah. I guess. That's and it of- almost sort of suggests that maybe kind of the culture like – uh, like there's sort of the window dressing of the culture, which is the fact that you can live in whatever house you want and you can do whatever you want and you can be however you want. But ultimately it's just as cold and reptilian behind the scenes as even Azad and, you know, and yeah, perhaps right. even more so because of how deceptive it is. And um, so, yeah, I felt like that a bitter twist at the very end of it was like, like, Oh man, like this is a much darker book yeah. than, I thought it was through it. So, um, yeah, anyway, yeah. Kind of wanted to ask about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. It's like the, the, the end just sort of pulls the rug out from everything that we thought we achieved. And we realize, yeah, we were just another pawn in the game. Basically. Um, the only parts that I thought were not, that had a little levity, uh, were like some of the tonal stuff. I thought was fun. Like the names of the ships, uh, you know, he calls them like so much for subtlety and like, of course I still love you. Little rascal. Is it something uh, rascal? Yeah. There's like little rascals. Exactly. So I thought that was fun. And I also thought that, yeah, it's interesting that um, the character that has the biggest arc of the story is the one that's the robot narrator. Mm -hmm. So the narrator, as you're going through, you don't know it's a secret who they are because they're like, I'm not going to reveal myself yet. And then in the end, of course, they reveal that it's like the side drone. Um, But it's almost like what what people throw at George Lucas, where it's like he cared more about the droids and they had a better personality Mm -hmm. than the humans who were like super cardboard. I feel like that's the same case here where it's like, you know, the robot and the ships had so much personality and then the, the humans not so much i feel like it's a similar idea yeah maybe i don't know but maybe he's he was sort of so enamored with like this idea of this 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 robot character that was gonna like mislead us as to their identity and and throughout and there's like it's just you know i mean who knows but uh yeah i mean i think i think you're right there i think there's a bit of that going on but i did definitely enjoy that character and it was kind of ironic that obviously that that character presents themselves as being a bit like of an uptight fastidious kind of like nerdy library kind of guy. And then later turns out to be basically be the, you know, I don't know, like the, the mastermind. Yeah. And like, and like sort of like, again, going back to like the kind of spy metaphor, the kind of like 007 of robots kind of thing is sort of like what's going on here, which is like, you know, it's fun. It has its, it has its appeals for sure. Right. And he was also the what he was he the one that was uh giving Gergay all of the the clues. He was sort of mentoring yeah. him in the game or was that the ship? The ship was the same Yeah. But he manipulates the ship was Gergay. he was the drone. Yeah. But he manipulates Gergay yeah. into like states you know, you could argue that he's just sort of like inducing him into the states required for him to win, you know. You don't know how much he's right. playing the human, you know, it could be right. a lot. Um but yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The puppeteering. Kind yeah. Of look, look yeah. Um, crazy. Well, 
Go oh, I was just going to say, like, it's definitely like a lookout for the world of robots vibe. Um, you know what I mean? Like, that's going to get pretty interesting pretty quick. <laughs> for, you sure. Know? <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I guess we talked about the point. I don't think we've got to belabor it too much. Is there anything else you want to say about the sort of themes and, and things like that? Or do you think we got it? Well, I just think it's, an, you know, when I was like, oh, this book is like maybe a bit tangential to like the whole I don't really know how broad the the sort of the mandate of like simulation nation is, but you know, it's definitely not like a direct simulation or I would just maybe think like, what are these, what does this book have to do with this thing my friend's doing? And, you know, and it, and it, and it kind of mm-hmm. got me thinking about just like, you know, the nature of the simulations that we make and um, are they, you know, what is the goal of those simulations? Obviously, whether they're games or whether they're, you know, systems that, predict this that or the other i'm I'm kind of like trying to compress a bunch of thinking into a few sentences but like not that it was good thinking but mm-hmm. still trying to compress it but it was but just <laughs> thinking about like the care with which we need we, with which we simulate things is is very important because it's like i think one thing that's interesting in the in the story is the way the character kind of uh becomes sort of like under the sway of the game like the game changes his personality like and and i think that that's you know, it just makes me think about, well, what games do I play? What games do we all play? And like, how do they affect us? Mm. And like, is there a way, mm-hmm. you know, we're so kind of uh, subject to the rules of those games that like, it's really at that level of like shaping the rules of the games that we can actually kind of affect how people are. You know what I mean? And not that I want to like engineer society. Basically, I'm just saying like, hey, we should all notice. Obviously we do. But, you know, it's uh, good to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what I got. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of... Yeah, no, it's kind of like the idea of uh, you are what you spend your time thinking mm-hmm. about, yeah, yeah. right? So it's kind of like if you're going to become obsessed with a certain game, that's going to uh, cloud your thinking, which is why everything I do now, I always think of in terms of a simulation. Mm. Like, I'm like, oh, I guess in this simulation, uh, my parameter I chose <laughs> was to like, you know, li- you know, do this this time. But what's the what's the repercussion going to be later? You know, but um, but I, I remember because you're you're involved in uh, developing VR games and technology and all of that. And so yeah. I remember you early on talking. It might have been in our interview talking about your sort of um, ethical approach to gaming and that you didn't want to have it just be a shooter up kind of um, uh, uh, violent gun toting game. Do you still believe that? Do you still think that, that maybe the metaverse shouldn't be as violent as like the games that we play on consoles or have you changed your thoughts on that? Heck, I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't have a good answer to that specifically and i'm glad that i said those things back then though that sounds like i'm a pretty pretty sweet guy back in the day when we your stand-up when guy. we talked about that but i guess i guess just like dr whomever agrees yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean i think it's important I, I i guess i wonder whether though i guess uh the um I think like how we represent things is one thing. So it's like, is it violent? Like that's a big question, but I guess the book got me thinking more about the higher level and it's like, is it competitive? You know, to what degree is it cooperative? It's like, you know, it's like irrespective of like, you could have a game that's not violent, but is incredibly cruel in terms of like the way that it works. And so it just got me thinking about not just, cause I think obviously violence in games is like, what is front of mind for a lot of people, but it get, I guess it got me thinking more systemically about, and I'm not that I've done much thinking on this yet, but just like, it got me thinking about like mm-hmm. on a higher level, like 
what do these systems, how do they shape behavior and how do they shape thinking? You know what I mean? And um, yeah, and that you don't necessarily escape making something that's quote unquote destructive just because it's not a shooting game. It's actually a bigger problem than that in a way, you know? And so how do you kind Mm -hmm. of like step back and kind of try to take in as much of the picture as you can? So um, yeah, Mm -hmm. anyway, yeah. So yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I think Disney, you know, I think this has always been the issue that a lot of people have had with Star uh-huh. Wars is that literally Wars is yeah, in the title yeah. and there's a lot of shooting yeah. and it's all about good versus yeah. evil. And so it's interesting that Disney is now creating this new series that is um, not about a battle. Mm. It's about uh, diverse uh beings or mm-hmm. uh you know aliens coming together to solve a problem mm. and i'm like oh that's very much disney trying to approach that uh, from a different mm. angle and try to come at mm. it so that we're not having so much shooter ups but so i you know i'm just curious you know do you think that violence in games causes violence in reality or do you think that's an overblown issue in the media now we're getting <sighs> do you, you you open a can of worms man I don't you got know. no one to blame but yourself I'm putting you on record. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're, I we're hope someone like back. references this later and that maybe my career just totally falls apart because of it. But um, I would, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think that like, A, isn't it very, very complicated? B, isn't it like, I mean, and I'm just going by what I've read, but like, isn't it sort of like undetermined? And I guess I would just say for me, it's like, mm-hmm. and this is not like to kind of absolve violent video games, but I think there is a, sense in which our inner emotional lives are places of conflict, right? Like we all struggle. And I don't know Mm -hmm. whether that are, is that, is that because, is that the product of the environment in which we're in, or is that in some way Mm -hmm. innate? But I think the fact that we want to represent Mm -hmm. conflict, I think is not just, you know, trivial. I think that it speaks to how we are. And so I think that like, it's not, I don't think the answer is just to ban representing violence. Like, I think it's about, how do we examine like how, why we represent violence in the first place? You know what I mean? Because I think that if you just stifle representing conflict, you're actually not going to be representing something that's very important. You know what I mean? Like we, we all need to work through conflict internally. Right. So we need to find ways of telling stories about that. It's just, do we do it responsibly mm-hmm. and humanely and, or do we do it like kind of, kind of trashily and kind of like without heart? Like, I think that's to me, maybe the difference It's not, it's the, it's not so much whether or not violence, mm-hmm. it's like whether or not soul, you know, and that's sort of the issue. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, I've thought about this also because it's like, I, I feel like, um, VR is really an, an empathy machine in the sense that you can, I feel like in the end of the day, you can create more visceral emotions and feelings in VR than you can in a mm. movie. And that's not to say that a great movie can't make you feel incredible things, but I feel like once we master the tool set of VR, it will go beyond that. And people will feel experientially that they've gone through mm-hmm. something that's more than just sitting down and watching a two image and um and and so i've i've thought about like well then does that mean that um new you know guys who want to do mass shootings are going to be playing vr and training themselves how to use guns and it's even like if there's a game that they can go into a crowd and mow them down with the machine gun it'll be so much easier they'll be so much more desensitized when they go into the real world because they've already done it mm-hmm. uh you know virtually and um and what's the danger of that so that's on the one hand i'm, I'm kind of you know I, I a little part of me is nervous about that but on the other hand i'm like 
Walking Dead, I can put an axe through a guy's head. Fuck it, a like let's do it. And it's like I wonder. It, it's like I know you know I I don't um, like I saw the I saw the ads for Walking Dead, uh, Saints and Sinners, and I was like, wow, that looks really graphic mm-hmm. and violent. But what I'm playing it, I never feel like I, you. It, it's not like I'm desensitized to it. It's that it's just a game, mm-hmm. and I'm i'm killing zombies mm-hmm. and it's like oh you know i'm shooting enemies like i'm not thinking of it in like a human to human way and the thing is that if you want to you know sometimes you want to go into a game it's like a roller coaster ride like you want to have you want to feel excitement and danger and you want your your blood to start pumping and that makes you feel alive well the best way to do that is to create a a, a, a simulation of a threat of a mm-hmm. of a violence of a life-threatening danger that's coming at you that's exciting and so that's a game that i want to play because it it increases endorphins of my mm-hmm. system and like, you know, pumps me full of whatever. It's like my own glanding, getting mm-hmm. back to the book player glands where they've got, they can gland and they can feel whatever mm-hmm. they want to feel. But we, if we want to feel excitement, we've got to play mm-hmm. a violent, uh, a game that makes us feel like we're on the threat of mm-hmm. death, you know? Um, and so uh, from a, from a purely entertainment point of view, that's not going to go away. That's like, we all want to feel excitement. That's why people go on roller coasters. Right. So, uh, I don't know. I'm always stuck in the middle. And I, you know, I remember I, I, you know, I'm a huge, when I was a kid, it was like huge Stephen King fan and like horror fans and all that. And it's like my, I remember my teacher was always like, you're going to be desensitized and you're going to like be fucked up when you're older. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, you were wrong on that one. Like didn't turn into a mass shooter. Like haven't hurt anyone in my life. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, I don't know how true it is. And maybe you have to be more predisposed to it. Maybe they should in the future, if you're predisposed, they'll be able to do some kind of psychological test. And if you're predisposed to something, you will be not allowed to play a certain type of game. I don't know. Or maybe it'll just be like free flow. Like it'll just be chaotic and anarchic, anarchistic, and you can do whatever you want to do. And I don't know what's better. I don't, I don't either. And yeah, that whole question I think is like just way beyond me as a person or like an expert in anything. Like it's just like <laughs> right. such a vast and obviously super kind of right. complica- complex and obviously tragic topic. But going back to like saints and sinners, like, and, and this is just like my personal preference, but like, uh, like, I feel like what's interesting about that is that because it's zombies, right, it it it, it abstracts or I don't even, even abstract is the right word, but it like but right. it places it more in the realm of dream. Right. Like it's like it's like zombies aren't real. Mm-hmm. Zombies are nightmare creations. They're from the imagination. And so when we fight them, are we really fighting real people or are we fighting aspects of ourselves or or whatever? You know what I mean? Like it kind of makes it it sort of psychologizes that much more easily whereas like i remember playing like mm-hmm. and this is going back a few years but like i played like the latest call of duty game and i was like in some foreign city and it was like obviously like studied down to like the like the absolute my most minute detail and i was like being led on this ride where i'm like literally mm-hmm. like there's this very graphic depiction of like killing people that are supposed to be people that look like people in foreign countries who are like you know it's like it's like ripped from the headlines like experience and like that for me is mm. kind of like that makes me feel bad you know what i mean because i feel like that is something mm. where for me personally like i don't know about other people but like like for me personally that it it makes that act and it makes uh it makes it acceptable it turns it into entertainment it like it also like covers over all the decisions that lead to that point like it basically like you don't you know it's not a game mm-hmm. that like takes into account the kind of like the political maneuvering and like the, you know, the geopolitics that like kind of like come to play in that situation. It's just a game where you're like basically given a gun and, you know, 
put beside your squad mates and told to go kill these other people. And like, I think that that in terms of like that to me collides with like the real world in a way that's like potentially problematic, like not even mm-hmm. potentially problematic. That's problematic. Whereas to me, like, and maybe this just because I'm like a soft hearted person, but like to me, like stuff where you encounter what are basically like as i was saying like kind of like you know psychological projections you know what i mean that are that are clearly not real in any kind of actual way like that to me has much more of a likelihood of being kind of you know forward moving and cathartic and like you know less damaging if you want to like kind of make it just like one or the other that's my take on it got it interesting Okay. Monologue. monologue. So okay, so one more one more <laughs> one more super yeah, well if anyone wants to throw in their opinion, Nap or Doctor Whomever or Meredith, uh just use the raise hand option to be able to do that. But okay, here's another sort of one more philosophical big question, and then we will actually go on to okay. the wow score. <laughs> but okay, so this is something I've been thinking about thinking a lot about recently. So um and we just sort of touched on it, which is like, do you think that society will be better? when if there are more restrictions on certain things like that or do you think that being free and open is going to actually repress you less and therefore uh allow you to sort of play out these darker fantasies in a game or a vr or something like that and so i guess what i'm saying is on the one hand it's more a little bit more on the political spectrum a little more socialist where you've got more rules and controls set down by on high by either the government or corporations and on the other hand it's more anarchic libertarian which is like be free to do whatever you want to be and in that there's safety and security do you have a, a stance on that, that? that i don't want to yeah. like dis- <laughs> I, I, I feel <laughs> bad because you just posed that so well but i think that uh i have no good hot, i have i got no hot take on that i'm sorry like i just feel like that's i mean but you know i'd be happily study up on it and i'll come back with my you know opinion for what it's worth later but no that is uh that is big and i think it's complicated you know and um but uh yeah, i don't know i don't yeah. yeah i don't know do you have a, what are your thoughts on that well I have a lot of thoughts on it. And the reason I've gotten down, gone down this rabbit hole is because I'm just so I've like, I've been a Bitcoiner mm. for a number of years now. So I'm like heavy into the, the Bitcoin mm. community. And there's a part of the Bitcoin community that is very anarcho libertarian. Like anything that you do to tell me mm-hmm. what I should do is punishment. And it's almost like that's like kind of impose trauma on me. And I should be a free individual. I should be able to do whatever I want to do. I should be a self-sovereign person who controls every aspect of my life. Right. And I, I, I love some of that, but I also struggle with some of that where it's like, I can't imagine what a truly anarcho libertarian society looks like where everyone has can set mm-hmm. their own rules and everyone can set their own laws. And in law, lo- and as long as you're not hurting another person, you can do whatever you want. Uh, I struggle with that. But on the same token, I do feel like that is the way that the mm-hmm. world is trending. I do, like I I feel like we are headed into that snow crash world where everything splinters off into its little subunits where you can live with all the people that you agree mm-hmm. with in this certain realm uh, and then and you know other people can live in the the other realm and so you're going to have much more choice um to uh, instead of right now where there's like a two-party system you're going to have more choice to live your life however mm-hmm. you, you want to live it um 
And so I guess uh, it's just something I've been struggling with and trying to, to figure out. Um, should we be more sovereign onto ourselves or should we be more collective? The problem with collectives is that they can become authoritarian. They can control the population. Uh, but the problem with being libertarian anarchist is that you've got some crazies who are going to like inflict damage on the world and do wild things. And so if there's a middle ground, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But um, I do feel like we're... You know, and I, I do feel like these cryptocurrencies are separating money and state. And so now it's going to become, well, you'll be you'll create like a virtual world where you can spend mm-hmm. your type of virtual mm-hmm. cryptocurrency and you'll have like minded people in that world. And it won't be tethered to a mm-hmm. nation per se. You'll be a, a na- you'll be a, a, a citizen mm-hmm. of simulation nation and simulation nation may not have a mm-hmm. geographic location. Yeah. Do you know I think I mean? all that stuff's super interesting. I'm actually kind of like in involved with like an early sort of discussion around a kind of like a DAO, like a decentralized autonomous organization when it's all super, mm-hmm. I'm just learning about like decentralized computing and blockchain. And like, I'm pretty new to all that. And I do find it really interesting. And like, I think the whole idea of like removing uh, like the need for like third party kind of uh, trust, like in the form of like a bank or whatever, like the, the notion that trust can be kind mm-hmm. of distributed amongst the network, I think is like a really interesting and powerful and egalitarian idea. Like, um, I don't know. I think for me, the thing mm-hmm. that kind of worries me about the kind of like libertarian thinking and the way you're describing it is that I, and I don't know. And I'm sure because these people are smart, they have answers to these questions, but I, but it's like, there are things that we have in common just by virtue of the fact that we all live on the same planet and we all breathe the same air and we all require the same trees to make the air and like all those things. Like there's a certain sense in which we're knit together in reality. Like, I just don't think there's a way you can kind of like look at it and go, we're not. So it's like the notion of like individual freedom and that, that as above all else as being like, like some highest good, um, I just don't think that that I think that's a fantasy that like collides with and 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 comes into conflict with the way reality actually is. You know what I mean? So, you know, how do we create a realistic system? I feel like is like doesn't that doesn't feel like it's it to me. But at the same time, I think like an autocratic, corrupt system such as we have in our governments, you know, for the most part, also isn't the answer. You're right. So it's like, how do we? You know, I, I just don't. You know, I don't know much about it, but like, I would just say, I just don't think we have, we don't have anything that really remotely close to something that's going to work right now. Um, so we got to figure that out. Right. Right. Well, it's, it's so to, so to, to bring it all back, unless a Meredith or Dr. Whomever have anything to add, to bring it all back to the book, what you're talking about, this idea of a DAO, which is just that you can stake a claim in the DAO and then you can vote for whatever the DAO is going to do. So you're part of the um, mechanism that uh, sort of decides what the future of the DAO will be. Is essentially, if you extrapolate yeah. it out for 500 years, Could become that. the culture. Yeah, yeah. Although at That's that the point, it seems as though right? the, the kind of important flip is that by that point, the actual system is what's smarter than the people. Like, it's like, I don't even feel like there's really voting powers on the part oh, of like right. the humans in this world. And that's what's, yeah. Oh, there is? Well, they there is. Okay. There's, an, there is, there's, oh, okay. An, there's another book. So let's say they've got a trillion 
Let's say that they've got like a trillion people in the galaxy yeah, that are yeah. all plugged into the culture. Each okay. one of them gets a single vote and they can have a trillion person vote and then they can decide. So there's one book where the culture has has to make a choice. Mm. They're going to go to war with this other big entity and they decide to let the citizens decide. So they do this massive trillion person vote or whatever and they decide to go to war and then the culture decides it's going to do that. So yeah, no, that, it's, it's, it's essentially a galactic DAO is really what Sounds the culture is. Sounds like maybe a follow-up down the road. I got to read uh, Diamond yeah. Age first, but maybe I'll <laughs> tell me what that book is and if you want we could do we could do that one afterwards because i do think he's really thinking about things that are yeah. you know on point for like the world we're in and where we're headed and stuff so totally. um yeah anyway just trying to get back on your show totally. graham that's really what it comes down to cool. um, hey i are you kidding i, I okay, i'm well, trying well, to get on. you back on the show but guys do you we, not want matt thing. to come back the same thing. yes you do um, everyone wants matt to come back all right yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. Here we go. You know what time, time it is. Maybe you don't. Uh, yeah, it's wild score time. Where's my wild thing? It's Owen Wilson. By the I way, are you I watching Loki? It. It's it's uh, so good to have Owen Wilson back. He's been away. This is again. This is going to get a little dark again. But I think this is the first time he's been in a, a show oh my since God, he I tried didn't to commit suicide. That. That's okay. Yeah. Right. Ah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's like, I, like, I think he took like a good few years off to get himself together. And, um, I'm just so happy to have him back. I'm so happy he's well and looks good and he's acting again. And he's just such a, like a sensitive spirit with a fun personality and a great sense of humor. And I just love to watch him and I'm glad he's okay. Well, yeah. Welcome back, Owen. To completely, tritely handle that whole story. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> You're right, right, <laughs> right. Um, okay, but I, I, I love Loki also, and it has yeah. to do with the metaverse and timelines. I might even and go I, watch episode all, three right now. If anyone's not watching right Loki, check this. it out. <laughs> me too. I'm, we got to get the hell out of here because Loki's on. Exactly. All right. So give me your wow score. One wow is like this book sucked. Ten wows is like wow. I'm going to join the culture. Go, I was going to go eight, it? but I'm going to go nine. Nine today. Oh, you know, oh, I like it right. more the more I think nice. about it. So that's where I'm at. Even though it has its problems, I'm going to give it a nine. I'm not. It's not a rational decision. I'm just going to say that. What about you? Got it. Got it. I say that I love Ian Banks's prose. I'm writing something right now. I can admire his prose, and I'm like, damn it, he's pretty good at that. He, he has incisive sentences. They're very clear. They're very descriptive, mm-hmm. but they're not too flowery. Uh, I think that his ideas are huge. I think that, um, like I said, it was a streamlined plot that we could follow, and then you kind of learn about the culture and the what it believes in after all of that. And he's mm-hmm. really not hitting you over the head. Like you really needed to wait to the end of the yeah. novel to figure out what is this all about. Right. And then finally, you're like, oh, shit, this is like darker than I thought. And this is kind of crazy. I'm giving it. uh, okay. before I even say I have to say, here's the negatives. The negatives are did not love the way that they got into the story. Thought the character was a little thin, got a little bit bored in the middle section because of the fact that, like, there's so many pages about this game that I don't even know how to play. It's like, uh, you know, it's a lot of strategy for things that I don't really care about. Um, I might downgrade uh, to 8.5 after that. So, oh, I can't. I'm done. Okay, I'll no, stay with you the can't. Nine. No, it's better. We should, okay. you know, next time. Next time, I'm gonna we're gonna write yeah. down our scores, yeah. and, and then you, get, like, you can't change it because like, I feel like we change right each other's like that. Oh yeah. Okay. 
we I got to do There's that. It's an MRE. Like I'm sure that's I'm sure that's possible. Maybe Meredith knows how to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, anyway, I think that uh, that about wraps it up. Is there um, any way people can get in touch with you out in the real world if they have more questions about your ideas about <laughs> violence in video games yeah, or libertarianism in, or DAOs? How could they reach out to you? Um, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, well, if they're at all interested, they can go check out, it's still old, but we're, we're looking to update it soon. Um, there's the sort of very old teaser trailer for the project I'm working on. Um, it's at, uh, Inscape studios. So like, instead of escape, Inscape, Inscape studios.com forward slash proximity. Um, it's a little sort of like interactive narrative, uh, with an AI character that you can talk to. That's what we're working on right now. And, um, but yeah, I'm hoping to, we just hired a publicist, so, um, we're stoked to, yeah, so we'll have more, cool. I'm going to say, watch this space. I hear other people saying that I'm going to say, watch this space. Um, cause we're going to have, hopefully we're going to roll it out or, well, we are going to roll <laughs> it out more in the coming months. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, of course, you're being very, uh, very shy about it. It's a pretty incredible. And the technology you're using with interaction between oh, the thanks, characters is, is super cool. Right. So, um, oh. yeah, looking forward to Bless seeing all of it. it come to be. Um, all right. Well, Just saying yeah. thanks. What's that? That's it. Thanks. And Dr. Whomever is giving you a round of applause over there. So uh, thank you for teleporting in to this Worldcast of Simulation Nation. Whether you're with us in virtual reality, like um, Dr. Whomever over there, or uh, 2D, or listening to the podcast a week from now on Spotify or iTunes. And remember to subscribe to our Instagram at The Simulation Nation, Twitter at SimNationVR, Facebook and Discord. And join us next time for another dive into the metaverse. Uh, and hopefully Matt will be with us. Well, you never know. Um, until then. Stay plugged, my friends.